Welcome to the Chi-Town Hawks podcast, a podcast by hockey guys for hockey guys. The Hawks, the Hawks, they won at least 10 out of the last 14 points and four points on the wild card spot. Jordan, how you feeling? I feel okay. Won some games, lost some games in debilitating fashion. But I think that's what this team is, just a not very good hockey team, unfortunately. Hopefully they stay in the race and it can be an interesting second half of the season like last year. But um, I, I think it's an underperforming roster and I think the team kind of is what it is at this point. Love to be wrong, but uh, I don't see this team, if it makes the playoffs by some chance, making any kind of run at it. So that's where I'm at. Not great, but uh, at least we're not dwelling in last place. Can't, can't this team still pretty cold, but I'll accept it. <laughs> can't this team just win five of seven and let us feel good about it? Why is that not, not possible? Seven one loss in the middle of it. Oh, I'm well aware of why we don't feel good. Why do they do that to us? Like, we should feel better than we do right now. But when they keep losing games in the way that they do, even if they go on a win streak, you just you just know that it's coming. You just you just know in your bones it's coming that they're going to get stomped on by the devil. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think and Kyle, the answer is that they're not very good. I I know, I know. Okay, so there has been problems. I would say the first quarter of the or first third of the year with not being able to score goals, but now we are scoring goals, and now the defense is kind of showing its its lack of depth with injuries. And I don't know what what do you think is the biggest issue right now? Well, Kev, I'll say it is just like last year, where at some point after scuffling after Carlton came in, they kind of settled into a groove of. We're going to try and win, but we're going to try and win by the score of 6-4. to four. We're going to give up a ton, and we're going to try and outscore that amount. Um, that's what that Vancouver game felt a lot like. It makes for some fun hockey, but um, not great hockey. Not great winning hockey style. Do you see a better option for this team, though? Because like he said, the defense isn't great when they're healthy. They're not healthy right now, though. Is like What, what would you do differently, you know? I would find a new head coach. Hmm. All right, we'll put you as the head coach. What do you do differently? <laughs> there we go. <laughs> I well, guess I didn't expect that question. I guess what I'm saying is like, it almost seems like there's not much of a better option, which is the like going back to what you said before. It's just not a good hockey team. Like this is what it is, and and they're gonna win some games by scoring, like you said, five to, to six goals. All, but they're always gonna give up three when they do that. <laughs> to put this all together, well, I, um. After last game, they're like Carlton basically said, "Yeah, we gotta play better. Uh, we're going back home. We gotta put better at home." And then uh, the reporter asked, "So what are you gonna do better? Uh, like, do to get that done?" And then Carlton was saying something. He's like, "No, what are you gonna do to get <laughs> to do better to get this done?" Like basically asking Carlton, "Like, well, no, what are you doing?" It's it's kind of uh, an interesting moment you don't see too often with NHL head coaches. Maybe Colleton's doing nothing. That's what it looks like whenever I see him. He just kind of looks like he's doing nothing. That's my take. Well, <laughs> what I don't like is it seems like at least once a game, there's a goal scored because of some blown coverage of the centerman not knowing who he's supposed to cover, and there's someone wide open in the slot for an easy goal. I feel like still after you know over a full year now of being in this system, they still don't know how to um, who their assignments are in their own zone, and a goal a game that's it, going to kill you yeah. every single game. I mean, especially when not that you have younger guys. I remember a few games ago they had Doc and Nylander on the same line, and neither of them 
any clue of who they're supposed to cover. So, of course, they're going to give up a goal. Um, I mean, even when Taves doesn't know where he's supposed to be, you know, supposedly one of the best defensive centers in the league. It's just it's not working. And they've had, you know, 85, 90 games of this now. It's uh, I'm getting kind of tired of it because there's talent on the offense, the defense. I mean, we'll get into the injuries, but, you know, the opening day lineup of, you know, Don, Mata, Keith, Seabrook, Gustafson, who am I forgetting? Murphy. Cuckoo. Uh, that's it's. <laughs> The six NHL defensemen, they shouldn't have constant breakdowns, you know. That's my view anyways. Um, I mean, that's that's pointing a lot of Colleton as well, though. Do you think – how much of a hot seat is he on at this point? Like, they are 5 of 7 now. They might not have much of an option with Crawford based on everything that happened. Do you guys think he is on as hot of a seat as you would hope? I think it's getting close to it. I mean, yeah. they with the offseason they had – those moves were made with the expectation of getting back into the playoffs. I agree. You know, those were aggressive moves that were made to get better this year. When, if it's not working out, which clearly it's not right now, uh, I think it gets pointed to him. I think that's fair. Like those moves, like what you said, they're not made to be a mediocre team, which is what this team is. This team is playing like a team that made no moves in the offseason. Exactly. They're the same team. Same team as last year. It's kind of wild. It surprises me because there's talent upgrades on this roster, especially on the blue line. Yeah. Again, injuries have kind of brought us back to where we were last year. But And then last year, especially the first half of the season, the goaltending was horrendous. This year, it's been amazing. It's it, it's frustrating. I feel like despite the goaltending, you're, you know, aside from the goaltending, the team has taken a step back, which is very frustrating because I feel like the talent has been upgraded. Yeah. So... We could all agree we don't think Carlton's going to be coaching next season, regardless if he's let go in season or after the season's done. Neither of us, none of us are thinking he's coaching next season, right? No, I don't. I don't think so, Jordan. I, I, <laughs> I, I don't know. I, I kind of have a feeling that if they don't get on some kind of run and make the playoffs, which is not looking likely, yeah, then I think there could be a, a full scale blow up with some interesting pieces being moved. I mean, think it wouldn't surprise me if they missed the playoffs by a sizable margin. If Duncan Keith was on a different hockey team next year. And then at that point, I think they go, Oh, we're going to go way young. Let's just keep Colleton for a bit. Cause he knows how to talk to young players. Supposedly. Supposedly. Yeah. Like at the same time, we have $11 million of cap space. So, so in a subtle way, not even subtle, you're saying, basically acknowledge that we're now rebuilding if we if we are looking like we're missing the playoffs you think they have to go the route of rebuild and and Colleton's the guy then uh I think the the urgency which which with which you need an effective head coach to win hockey games goes away if you're in a rebuild yeah and I think they might just you know kind of whatever good enough kind of thing oh my god that makes me cringe but you scare me like that man take that back everyone's that's everyone's fear <laughs> that's everyone's fear of happening like no one wants that to happen but we all can see the writing on the wall that it's going to happen at some point sometime and it's looking well, more s- sooner to now than later so i'm not opposed to it happening Fuck, if it's so, man. if it's done with like actual intent but it doesn't like out of sheer panic like oh this is I don't want them to do it in a, in a in a way that they're just backing out of every other option and being like, I guess this is the only thing we can do. That's when it feels but that's shitty. The that's a, 
is is Stan making those decisions or not? Is he going to be the guy still in the office making those calls this summer? I think so. I don't. I don't know if he should be. I, I kind of think it's not all up to Stan. I think Stan's responsibilities have been a bit overstated. Everything I've read is that the Hawks, and, and this could be wrong, this is just a rumor, but that it's kind of a by-committee approach that I don't think Stan can just call a shot and go do some, go rogue oh, and do absolutely. something on his own, including firing Quenville. I think Quenville was so entrenched in the organization that that probably almost made its way up to Rocky, who had to sign it off on firing Q, but... Uh, Sure, but don't you have to like hold someone he accountable? <laughs> like you got it. You got to look to someone as the as the person you hold accountable, and he's the easiest one. I don't know. Yeah, agreed. All right, let's let's talk about the injuries, guys. I know we touched yeah. on it earlier and said we wanted to. So the big one is is obviously Seabrook. Do you guys think he will ever play a game in a Blackhawk sweater, let alone in any sweater again in the NHL? I think he's going to try to, but I really really doubt that. I. I think he's going to be doing a lot of post post surgery therapy for the next. Just had surgery. He's got one on each hip now. Well, he hips. did he did shoulder know, and man. then both hips this year. Yeah, I, I think he wants to, but I don't think it's going to happen. And that's the saddest saddest realization that we may have just seen the last of Seebs. How about you, Jordan? You know, I really don't know. When I first saw it, I was thinking about you know being able to long-term injured reserve him but it close to seven million you have to start every season with his seven million on the books you know you can then put it on their ltir on day one but it's not like you can go into free agency or make a trade in the off season um to get you above that so that with the fact that there's no cap for teams anymore um you know there's not you know that phoenix is going for you can't just deal him in a second round pick to phoenix to get that off our books I think he's going to attempt to play again, and he probably will. I mean, if if you heard his when he got scratched a couple of weeks ago or a month ago, he was angry and he said he still felt like he had a lot left, whether or not for this team or another one. Yeah, but it was something like that. I I feel like he has every intention of playing again. This had a a loophole feeling to me. Injuries could probably still play, and the team maybe just doing what they can to be like. Eh. I don't I don't know that I feel that way. It feels like they pushed off this serious surgery for as long as they could and they kind of oh, used yeah. the fact that maybe they didn't want him on the ice that much right now to do it but i think lupo was a little bit less of i don't think it's quite the same lupo had all injuries and had surgeries though while he was not all at once but no you could tell seabrook has been playing with these injuries for years even so this is the last ditch attempt for his career continuing at a competitive play Honestly, he's going to come back half machine, and hopefully that works. Half machine. <laughs> the other part, but with his surgery, when I, I think he still probably could have put it off for a bit. Dahan couldn't. He looked like he was hurt. But this almost, I mean, it, it would mean more if Seabrook was better, but kind of the team waving a white flag going, you know what, this year isn't going to be the year. You're not going to be able to help us this year. Yeah. Just go take almost a whole calendar year to get better. you got 10 months, so. That's actually a good point, because why push it off and then miss part of next year? Well, a lot of, well, he still might, but I get what you're saying. Agreed, but hips, um, you know, guys come back from hip uh, injuries in the NHL. Um, was it Jim Bowmeister on St. Louis had one? Uh, was it last year and he struggled at the beginning, but uh, he won a Stanley Cup last year. 
you know, played a big role. So it's it's not out of the option that, that Seabrook's done, out of the question. Yeah. I think if we're lucky, he'll come back and he'll skate like Jarvelson, like he's kind of clenching his butt cheeks. <laughs> I miss that. I really do. I know you always pointed that out every time we watched Jarvelson. He couldn't stop staring at his ass. What can I say? I have good taste. Um, he's a nice, sweet boy. Great skating. What about goaltending, guys? How do you guys feel about goaltending? I feel very good about goaltending. Crawford had a couple shaky games, but, you know, in a couple weeks before that, it looked like he had almost taken the net from Leonard. So, yeah, it's I, I feel great. I mean, let Leonard take two or three going forward because he's playing at Vesner caliber, and, um, and Crawford's going to be one of the NHL's best backups. It's I feel very good about goaltending. Can we all agree? I, it's Leonard's net. But it was – he is right now, but it's shown that it can – Crawford can make a run to make it look like he's starting to take it back pretty quickly, and he has a few times. Yeah, but Leonard probably should have been the starter early on in the season. Crow's been been fine, but and you can't really hold him accountable for his save percentage just because on some times he's been left out in the in the cold. He's gonna three on one, two on one situations, but Leonard should have been the starting goalie since November. Honestly, he's been the most consistent. Yeah. That's that's how I feel. Kyle, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, I think Leonard right now is clearly the starter. I think I don't think it's fair to say that he he it's his net for sure because again, Crawford, like Jordan said, is the best backup in the league because he's probably not actually shouldn't be a backup. I mean, he can be a starter. Obviously, he's had his issues with injuries and stuff. One A, one B. Yeah, that's what this is. And a one B so- can easily surpass a one A by just getting hot at the right time. Like and, and I don't think we should rule that out. That seems silly. I think they're both okay with the fact that if, we're okay, both if here. Craw- if Craw- okay, if Crawford was 24 years old and had some upside, yeah. But if Crawford didn't have head injuries and isn't 36 years old, I would say different. All right, here's one. Can you see them, Hawks, bringing back both goalies next year? Um, I want to. I think it would take a big contract for Leonard, but I don't think it will take a big contract for Crawford, I th- given... He's not going to have a ton of starts this year, which always is going to drive down his value, as well as the injuries in his age. I, I could see you getting Crawford for $3 million, Leonard for 7 on an extended term. Yeah. And it's $10 million between the two when they're paying 11 now. Yeah, I think you no doubt at the end of this season, based on what we've seen, go after Leonard and you get him for the big money. And then it's up to Crawford, not up to us, I think. Does Crawford try to become a... a a single-handed starter on another team or does he see that this is kind of a trend that some other teams are going to be trying and it's not the worst thing in the world to be here and maybe not be considered the starter i i would i'd like to see that happen i think it can happen i think we'll try to bring crow back and i think we're going to try to sign him for the one million dollar mark luckily we can spend up to 10 percent over the cap in the off season so that helps greatly with injured reserve guys and basically us having contract did you say we get him for one million? Oh yeah, because I think Kevin, Leonard's going to go for six million or above. We're not going to get Kevin, Crawford for one million. The issue is you we, can go ten percent over the. Do. You can go ten percent over the cap in the off season, but come opening day, you have yep. to be cap compliant with your long term injured reserve guys on your yep. uh, being counted against that. So, <laughs> and do you think Crow would like to play in Montreal as a backup to Price or something? I feel like he would 
Like, no, if he's going to be a backup, he's. I don't think he's going to leave anywhere to be a backup somewhere else. That that doesn't seem like. From what I understand and what they've kind of put out as the story, him and Leonard are enjoying what's happening. Like they're not yeah. at each other's throats. They're not at the coaching staff about getting starts. So I don't think Crawford's unhappy. It's the money thing, like Jordan said. Do you... I don't believe that for a second, Kyle. I don't know how really? a, a goalie could be happy playing behind our defense. Okay, well, <laughs> fair enough. That's fair. Um, I guess I wasn't talking about behind our defense, but yeah, that's true. Hey, but here's the thing: if we do sign, if we do sign Leonard for five, six, seven million dollars, do you want to pay another goalie any more than a million dollars to play considerably less hockey than Leonard would be playing next year? Yeah, I'd be. I'd be willing to. I'd be willing to do close to dollars and two goalies. Yeah, I'd be okay with that. Again, I'd be okay with that, dude. Take away that's the goaltending right. on this team and you lose another 30% of the wins we've had, if not more. Because your backup goalie is going to still play at a minimum 20 starts a season. I mean, it's yeah. it's worth well over a million dollars. I think we're seeing the benefit of having yeah. two strong goalies. Yeah. I mean, I could see them. I wouldn't want to pay Crawford more than $3 million, but I would do three. Load management. <laughs> Load management. All I'm saying, yeah. like, next season's not going to work unless some people start – or at least help out on the cap situation and take team-friendly deals. But I think Crawford taking a deal in the one, two, even close to three is, it's not unfriendly. I mean, well, who's going to offer I mean, Crawford still, more than that? Yeah. Be coming off of, what did you say? Kevin? Start. We still have Strom to sign. We have no idea what that's going to go for. Trust me. I, I know that it's not this simple, but I don't think I don't that's... Think trust <laughs> don't trust me, but I don't think that's Crawford... Being like, like, look, I'm, I don't expect Crawford to take just one million. I think that's that's silly. I think he's worth a little bit more than that, and I think he thinks he's worth more than that at a minimum, which is what matters, not what Is, I think. What, what's Halak making right now? What's what? Halak. I, I don't know what Halak is making. I, I forgot to research that before this episode. I wasn't prepared for that question. Halak. <laughs> we, we, <laughs> we can keep moving on. Don't worry. All right. Um, I mean, honestly, just Seabrook gets healthy. When they do the hip surgery, make him wider, put him in net. Boom. Seven million dollar goalie. There he is. And then he doesn't have Dude, to tighten anymore either. Get a little bigger. Halak is the backup for Rask at the Bruins. He's making two point seven five. Yeah. And he's a good he's a good goalie still, somehow. At, is he? How old is he? He's thirty four. He's younger than Crow, man. Why are we talking about Halak? Because I was saying like there's Moving forward, I don't see there being a 1A, 1B. That's not how any team's done it long-term. For a season or two, yes. No, I, at the same time, no team's done it long-term I just, in a stand of more than three years. I think, though, if anything, it's working and other teams are piquing their interest towards it, Kevin. I, I think it's the opposite of what you're saying. I think this is probably the most aggressive form within the league of a 1A, 1B. And that was pretty apparent when we signed um, Leonard, but... There's other teams that are trying some were things. People not saying the same thing with Darling. No, not as much. And I was never, Darling wasn't coming I off like of best in a season. B. I, I, I like Darling being a number two. I never thought he should be a starter. But guys leave. They want more time. Look, they want more pay. It, it happens. It's it's professional sports. Well, the Hawks. Yeah, nothing like this when you pay this too, this much to two goalies. But it's because they got one of them on a one-year deal, and the other is on an expiring deal. This was a, you know, they're never going to pay a combined eleven million again for the two guys. 
but it no they had space to fill for one year for this season and they had you know Leonard kind of fell exactly. into their lap it's it was a because was of circumstances that's the thing is circumstantial but i don't see many teams want to spend 10 million dollars on goalie situation like look how it's been so far with bob in florida there's a few goalies paying 10 million for one goalie it is. It, I mean, I don't think it's crazy. Not, not many clubs are spending ten, twelve million dollars on their goalie situation. And I, I don't see a lot of teams doing uh, two starters in net to solve a lot of other issues in front of them. I hate I really to say, don't. Kevin, I think you're wrong though. I think most teams are getting close like, to that ten million between it's two never, goalies. No team's done it long term. There's multiple well, teams paying one goalie over see, ten million long term. Kevin, that's where you're missing. Is the top goalies now are getting paid close to that figure? Yeah, by themselves. One, that was Bob, the who's won Vesnas. Dude, but but if you could have two, one that was a Vesna finalist and is playing like a Vesna finalist again, a backup that could be a starter, and you're paying ten million for both of them, uh, long term, that's a no brainer in my opinion. No, never. I mean, Kev, what about Vasilevsky? He's never. That's won how you. That's called shooting Great yourself goalie. in the foot. So what do you? So what is what is the alternative option? Just six skaters, no goalie. Just <laughs> just goalie. just keep Leonard, dump Kyle, Crawford, only, and pick Kyle, up a mediocre teams, Kyle, defenseman. The only teams who ever been successful on two starting goalies long term is if the starting goalie was on like an entry contract, such I'm not, as Murray and Flurry. You're not you're not having the when same Murray argument. Murray needs to get paid. Flurry was shipped out. That's just the way it happens. Ooh, they don't need, need to, to both be on starters. Cap. You dude. spend that much cap on two guys. Only one guy's on the ice at one time. You know what I mean? You can't have two goalies out there. I know 80% of it would go to one of them. Back-to-back situations. It's how out. most teams do it, except it's a little bit more for the backup than most teams. What do, what do you, I, what I would you, Kyle what would you pay for a backup, Kevin? I think what would you pay for a backup, a million, right? And could be starters, but I don't think they're classified as starters. Look at Arizona. Don't classify him as a starter, then. What, you're just, you, that's just an arbitrary thing that you're saying. It doesn't If Lena resigns, Crawford will be resigning, knowing he's a backup. Yeah. And will be paid accordingly. So he stays. At roughly ten to maybe eleven, I doubt it. We cross ten. But Kyle, do you think it's he's going to go forty games? Maybe Leonard. Gets no, he's definitely not playing forty games. Why would he play why, forty games? Then, why would he play forty games? That's my thing. <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> okay. Oh my god! You're going on about how more teams are going to look to have two starters. No, every team's looking to have two of their best fucking goalies in their system playing. Either one's on the bench and one's on the ice. That's a fucking no brainer. Why would you? It, that's just common sense. Why be paying guys twelve million dollars? Why pay two guys six million dollars for That's not, not having a, when you have an obvious wait, starter? Whoa, man! We said seven and two to three. That's not two goalies at six million. You've got a starter in Leonard paying him roughly seven, maybe eight after this. You season. just told me goalie goal goaltending is changing in the NHL, and there's no, going to be a one A and one B. I said, no. how do you pay guys and keep under a twelve million dollar threshold, knowing that some guy is going to be paying? be playing more than 30 games and one guy's gonna be paying more than 50 they're playing more than 50 you're taking what i said way too literally there are teams that but well, you what we have no, done things changed no i didn't i said we have peaked other teams interest there are other teams that are playing their backup more than they had you in said the past. i was wrong when i said that doesn't work long term or won't work, work long term yeah you are wrong crawford and leonard <laughs> long term can work 100 percent all right. Yeah, guys, I mean they can work that, but leonard. crawford's not going to be a sec a eight one b next year no i didn't say it would be that, I just said Speaking we can sign Hawks him up. The Hawks just recalled Kevin Lankinen after uh, Leonard hurt his knee against Vancouver. So is now that... we got a one A, one B, one C goalie. Honestly, How much are they paying now? <laughs> Fucking call the accountant. Who's that guy? <laughs> just... Scott Foster. Yeah, <laughs> he'll figure out the dollars Dude, that... for us. He had like a right. 50, fifty shot save a couple weeks back and 
Rockford. Did he? Who did? That was Kevin, Langman. right? Yeah. Not the accountant. <laughs> yeah, that's like not the accountant. Um, uh, let's move on to uh, Patrick Kane's play of lately. Yeah, Kyle, I mean, what's your thoughts? He's almost got double the amount of points of anyone else on this on this Blackhawks roster. I think he's got fifty four points. What's the next guy? Thirty. 32 yeah he's he's with um ryan carpenter as his center (laughs) he's he's so much on his own level um the fact that some of these these decade top player things came out throughout you know the hockey world and didn't have him in the top 10 for the decade is is absurd because he continues to dominate he's one of the most entertaining players to play there to watch um people look forward (sighs) to playing against him and he's continuing to dominate like the guy's a, he's a machine. Without him, I don't he's know where this team would in, be. Right he's now, he's turned himself into one of the NHL's elite goal scorers. Which For he sure, wasn't early in his career good goal scorer, but now he's a he's gonna have his you know forty goals in three of the last five seasons. Yeah, I, I I don't even like I don't even know where this team would be if they didn't have him on the ice this season. It, it's actually crazy. I'm curious what percent of of goals has he been involved in this season? I remember. A couple years ago, maybe it was even two years ago, McDavid being in like the close to like over fifty percent, it was a big deal. Kane's got to be somewhere in there, right? I, I don't know. I obviously I don't know. I'm just a lot. Yeah, he's <laughs> just a lot. Yeah, he's dude. He's got sixteen power play points. Wait, the next best is to bring at nine, but that's that helps. He's been part yeah, of at least he's out there. Someone's scoring for our power play for once. He's been a part of forty-four percent of our goals this season, guys. Think about that. That's it's. it's Patrick Kane is our offense. Yeah. The games we have won, it's because of Leonard doing some acrobatic crazy shit and then Kane just dragging this team by doing whatever he can. He's led this team in every aspect, at least on the ice. It's fun. We'll see him hit 1,000 points for his career, you know, Mm -hmm. hopefully sometime this month. And then if he stays hot scoring goals, we could see him hit 400 goals before the end of the year. Dude's unbelievable. He's, yeah. He just passed Tavard on all-time goals for the Blackhawks. He's not a fourth. Yeah, he's got a long way to go though to get to the top. Yep. Yeah, I I don't think there's much more to say besides he is he is the reason that this team is not the Detroit Red Wings this year. Like simple as that. So so top team all decade, where do you uh or top top ten all decade, where do you place him? Where do you put him? Yeah. Um I would say at least top five. Where in that top five? Somewhere between He's probably four or five, right? I'd have to like, I wasn't prepared for that, but I would say four or five. What do you guys think? I mean, I would say you know, given his, his his play at the end of the decade, um, yeah, I think it puts him up in that area. If this if the decade ended two years ago, I would still have him below Duncan Keith. But sure, uh, the way his play has been the last couple of years, I, I think he's yeah, four or five, maybe three. I mean, no one had more points on him, and he's been. You know, part of its timing, he was hitting his prime as the decade started and leaving it, supposedly, at least age-wise, as an end. So it was the perfect age year for him, um, age range. But, uh, yeah, four or five makes sense. Yeah. Any the, the reasons people didn't put him in the top ten or whatever lists there were is so frustrating. I don't know if anyone saw those, but the different lists, and, and they would write, a lot of the writing said, like, you know, his off-ice problems pull him out and stuff like that we're talking straight hockey skill top players on the ice and and that's where yeah. he belongs he belongs in the top 10 
objectively saying best hockey players in the decade yeah. and then saying that shit is beyond frustrating. Yeah. That's that's subjective through and through. Definitely not a saint, um, but on the ice, he's a god. Yeah. <laughs> I would say top three. It, it's hard to beat Crosby. You don't beat Crosby. Top this. three? Yeah. Crosby's number one. Yeah, no doubt. Cros- yeah. Anyone that doesn't put Crosby number, number one two. needs to get out. Adam Burrish, number three. <laughs> <laughs> Um, do you guys want to transition, talk a little bit of NHL before we wrap up? Yeah. All right. So, um, did you guys get a chance to watch the winter classic? So I did, I watched it too. Um, I know we talked, we talked jerseys a while ago. I will be the bigger man, Kevin, and admit that Nashville's jerseys looked a little bit better than I thought on the ice. They still stink. Fucking right. They still stink, (laughs) but they, they looked better. Um, I, the I logo on the helmet, Nashville's... man, it was awesome. Why didn't they use that? Oh, yeah, yeah I, I think they were just trying to call, do a little callback to Dixie Flyers a little bit too much instead of putting that main logo on the front. But, dude, it, in the end, I actually think they were better than maybe even the the Stars as a full full mm-hmm. jersey uniform. Disagree, but I think the Stars did the, the classic look better. The gloves, the pants. But um, what a wild game. So in the first period... Uh, I know I texted you guys, like, probably one of the most wild first period. It's what the NHL needs on a winter classic when more people are watching. They had um, Perry, Corey Perry with the elbow, game misconduct. Um, So you get the five-minute power play. Then during that two minutes of it, we're five on three. So they had two goals in that that five minutes for Nashville. Um, There were some other scraps, uh, a fight. There was... Multiple players got injured. They had a penalty shot in the first. It was, it was madness for a first period. Dude, what's uh, what's kind of shocking? Yesterday the ratings came out. This was the lowest viewed Winter Classic of all time. It was like two point three million. There's an Alabama Michigan game that like brought in like fifteen million viewers. That was playing during the same time. They didn't play a big big enough team in it. I don't think. Not that I want the Blackhawks to be in another freaking Winter, winter Classic, but. And- I tweeted this out yesterday. I don't think we're going to – this is the reason why they keep putting the Blackhawks, the Rangers, yeah. the Bruins in these games because they need views. They need to pay – like these games are business. They, I know. They're not just a festival for fans. It's it. They need to get ad revenue. They need to be earning money from this. And the only way I see them moving forward with other teams we haven't seen in the Winter Classic yet or being a host city is that they are very selective on not being playing the gimmick of, oh, it's the New Year's Day game. And moving it to the Winter Classic and just picking a date where it's zero competition and then or there is competition and deciding if they can play during the day or night depending on weekend when the other game is. And they have to be a little bit more selective if, if they want to see more inclusion of other NHL franchises. Because otherwise this this can't go on if we East Coast people didn't care about this game at all and it showed. Yeah. That and in you know, some of the past they've had some well one, I think some of the shine has come off it having you know, it's not a new event anymore. Plus, it was a stadium series. But what? Where did they hold the game this year? What what stadium that was at? I mean, Con- it wasn't Wrigley or Fenway or you know Yankees. The Combo is pretty sick though. It was, it was pretty an cool, awesome actually. venue, and yeah. I actually it showed a lot of pregame footage, and it looked like an awesome time. Like I would have loved to have been at that game, and I don't care for either team, but I, I thought it would have been really fun to have been at. And, was, was yeah, I had a great time watching it. And wasn't there bull riding guy, before? It was bull. <laughs> I thought and I saw racing in the during inter, during commercial breaks. This is what it's all about. I did about. not like that. Um, you know what they didn't? 
they didn't advertise for this one as much. I didn't even like realize. I don't know. It was like it was New Year's Day, and I, I realized like, oh shit, there's a Winter Classic on. I forgot what teams were playing. Like I, I didn't remember anything. I feel like in the past, they've they've pushed the agenda a little more too, which maybe had part of it or played a role in that too. I don't know. What do you guys think of the? Go ahead, Kevin. Sir. I was gonna say I think the bowl, bowl football bowl game coverage is just a lot more advertised and a lot more eyeballs on it because there's a lot more implications. This game doesn't have money implications if you don't have any stake in either of the teams. So but that's every year. Why different this year? It is every year, but I think they just need to be more selective with dates and put. They don't need. They don't need New Year's Day. I'm sorry. I'm okay with that. It's nice that everyone gets it off and everyone can go and watch, but just, just do it on a Sunday. Yeah. Um, so the, the Minnesota wild got the 2021 winter classic at twin stadium. Who do you guys think they're going to play? They haven't announced that. Anyone but the Blackhawks. I I know, but anyone but the Blackhawks. What we just talked about is what scares me is who do you, I I heard talks of maybe Winnipeg, but like that doesn't excite me. I mean, or any hockey fans, Winnipeg, Minnesota, like the KHL team. That that would excite me. They don't count a Canadian viewership too, a lot of like advertising wise. So it, just having the lowest, having the lowest, uh, the winter classic, like look at the Madhouse or the, uh, the one at the big house, they lost a lot of viewer counts because a lot was Toronto and Canada as a whole. And they, that should have been the most viewed game, honestly. And it wasn't. <laughs> yeah. So I, I don't know if they want to gamble and do that again. I sadly, um, I, I, I would really like to see Winnipeg, but I really think it's going to be the Hawks, and I just don't. <sighs> exactly. Yeah, I heard that rumor before they announced that Minnesota was going to hold it. So. Yeah, it just feels like that's just what they're going to do. It just feels that way. Chalk that one down as an L next year. Yeah, can't wait. <laughs> can't wait. Cannot wait. Um, what do you guys think about Torx having a little, little rant? You know, his his go to press conference move. So, dude. It- so if, if you if for anyone that didn't see, um, there was a point with I, I believe there was like a minute and a half left, or no more than that. How much time was left when when Torch was mad about the clock running down a second? Do you guys remember? Whatever there was a minute and a half too. A minute and a half. There was a, a whistle for a penalty, and then um, the clock ran down an extra second. The Minnesota Wild or not? The um, Jesus Christ, you guys! I'm falling apart over here. Blue Jackets. The Blue Jackets <laughs> scored a goal with like neg- like half a second after the buzzer in the third period. We ended up winning the game against them in a shootout. So then he had a rant after the game, saying they would have won the game because of that rundown of one second. They lost the game, um, and he had a lot more words it's, to say than that. But what do you guys think? That's stupid. I mean, it's, it's, it's you know you change something in the first quarter of a football game. Yeah. Who knows how it's going to affect, you know, and then people act differently, you know, yes. that he's being stupid, whatever. I, I was it so surprised that he doesn't, went that, doesn't matter. that aggressive about it. I could see being a little annoyed being like, wow, like what could have been and moving on. But he, he was a, he was a full on sore loser about it. In my opinion, it actually was kind of pathetic. Like I wouldn't want to see my coach act that way. Yeah. It's frustrating, but you don't know that that's going to happen. You don't know what would have happened if they left that second. You don't know if he shot that puck because the buzzer was happening. Like, there's too many what ifs to play I'm, that card. I'm actually team torts on this one. Wow. God damn it, Kevin. Dude, so, okay. The NHL hates being criticized at any point in time. They hate being held liable about anything or accountable. 
at this point in time, he wasn't wrong. Like, the refs did fuck up, and, like, at some point, I, I hate that he needs to be disciplined. Yeah, was he not the guy to say it in that situation? Not the right time to say it? No, but it was a professional. Absolutely not. But at the same time, like, he wasn't wrong. And I, I hate that everyone tries to cover it up. Dude, the NHL put out, like, a three-paragraph reasoning of what everything that happened instead of saying, yeah, we fucked up. Wait, but I don't— little time and I, moved on. I think that's the important part is I think saying they fucked up is actually wrong. I don't think they fucked up. Like, did they let an extra second go, but they followed the process of check with the clock? Did they think they need to redo it? No. The refs don't think so. Move on and play the game. I don't think that's a fuck up. I think they just had to make a decision with a minute and a half left of the game. And that decision, in my opinion, had nothing to do with the outcome of the game. And Torch is using that as his excuse. Oh, yeah. It was frustration for everything that followed. Look, if, if they messed it up with three seconds left on and then on the face off they score the goal sure go ahead and blame it messed it up with him like i but did they not have a goal not go in because it missed the clock by like 0.1 second yeah a minute and a half later i don't think it has i it's not related in my opinion everything could have changed i know but when dude i don't know i was really fucking salty too and sometimes you you have to stay up stand up and say something and i felt like that was justified to be like hey everyone needs to be better did he say anything when it happened yeah, he was fucking bitching at the refs nonstop. Was he? He was fucking furious, man. It's not know. like he just vented on it at the press conference. Like he well, was pissed off at it that entire minute and a half going to be. I guess. I guess my take you at the end the of it would like, be: if you want to go into the press conference and say refs need to be better, they can't make this mistake. It's fucking bullshit, and move on. That's fine. Behind. But then to come in and say because of that we lose a hockey game, that's where I have a problem because you lost a hockey game because of so many different situations and actions throughout an entire game of hockey don't blame that one thing he, he is being a sore loser and he should be better than that but at the same time i'm with torts on this one yeah, of course yeah. I, I i always ride the roller coaster of fuck torts is being an asshole oh i love torts torts is being an asshole oh i love torts i love torts here i was kind of uh you don't see coaches saying what's on their mind very often and i like seeing that i don't know i like seeing it in the professional setting too so yeah just pure honesty on his part cost him 20k what he's thinking i want 20k for by the team not the league even the team so that was a fun one though yeah um but also just to end this on the uh the all-star game the roster revealed there's some guys getting voted in still and ovechkin not attending yeah larkin even asked to be voted in do you guys think the all-star game matters or should be held in season anymore um no, I mean, it doesn't matter. That's a known thing. I, I think they should just focus on the skill stuff and just have some fun and and not and not care about players not wanting to go. Like, great, Ovechkin doesn't want to go. That's That should be fine. Just put in some other young kid that'll go and have some fun. I, I don't think it's something that should be newsworthy. Just some players at the age of Ovechkin that, you know, can't risk getting injured and and don't want to risk it, that's, that's fine and it should be fine. And I know the NHL doesn't want that, but as a fan, whatever. See, here's my idea. I would like this all to happen at the draft, maybe, and make it a three-on-three tournament and do the draft-style tournament like they did a couple of years ago with Phil Kessel getting picked last. I think they could have a lot of fun and do a lot of skill stuff, but also just host it in the same city. Do you think that would make a difference, though? Would players, I mean, Ovechkin would still opt to not be in it, right? The only situation I see being wary is players who just, their contract ended with a team and they were voted in not wanting to to attend like i'm i no longer play for your club you know what i mean like i don't have a contract <laughs> but 
Yeah. But uh, you could always opt out. But, I mean, just to have not play in season would be critical. I just... I don't want them to overcompensate, and I don't want fans to start to go the route of, like, you need to make this game matter, then players will want to play. I don't think it should matter. It shouldn't. So, like, let it not matter. If somebody chooses, I don't want to play, cool. The NHL is going to be annoyed as a fan, and I think all fans are just, cool, great, good for you. Suspending them? Like, I respect your decision. And then, like, that should be it. Just get some players that want to go play. There's enough out there that will, enough good players. They gotta do something to spice it up, and I, I, you're not wrong. Like no one cares about the game. People like seeing the skill competitions more. Like people were more intrigued on like the fastest skater thing with like Larkin, McDavid shit, and then having uh, Kendall Coin do her fastest skater as sick. But I don't know. I think they gotta do something else. And then like, oh, we're gonna host a game. Like no one cares. No one. Everyone knows it's. Yeah. It's not exciting hockey, unless John Scott's in it. <laughs> That's so true. They they really should just have elect someone from a team. Doesn't doesn't matter who they are. What? I, I was going way off. No, just like having more John Scotts out there some way somehow. There's not other people like John Scott though. That was a special really circumstance. I mean, you don't want to just get a bunch of scrubs in there. But he was he was his own. There was a lot more to that. Obviously, a lot more. Yep. That was a fan. A fan's. That was the fan saying "fuck you" to Gary Bettman. That's all that was. <laughs> Any any other thoughts, you guys, before we wrap up? That, I think no, that's, that's it. what I got. Um, hopefully, the Hawks ran off a couple more wins. Who do we uh, Who do we play next? The Globetrotters. We play the Red Wings tomorrow. All uh, Wings. Yeah. Mm. Well, let's playing. not lose that, dude. I love Red Wing. Uh, like matinees, they're the best. It's six thirty a matinee. No. Yeah, I know, but I was thinking more in the spring. Yeah, in the yeah. Springtime, we're gonna be playing again. Yeah. But we always do weekend matinees against the Wings. Are my all-time favorite thing in the world. And I was looking at mine. Mine's five thirty. So I was like, oh, maybe, I was thinking reverse time. I was like, oh, it's probably like two thirty their time or like uh, Detroit time. I was like, oh yeah. Oh wait, it's at yeah. There we go. Fuck, dude. Indiana time. I'm just gonna work off that for the rest of my life because I'm <laughs> clueless about how time works. All right, guys. Well, let's get back on here again in a few days, see where they're at after uh, Red Wings Flames. What do you guys think? Yep. Let's get some wins. All right. Get some points. Sounds good, boys. All right. Thanks for listening.